Golf show, Brent Gunning here. That's it. I'm here. I got Sam McKee on the line with me. He is taking his talents, not to South Beach like LeBron James, but to Sobble Beach up in Owen Sound. Sammy McKee, how you doing, bud? Oh, he dropped. Okay, I thought he had him there. I thought he would have loved my little Sobble Beach reference. or I don't know. Maybe I screwed up the beaches and I got it all wrong. Maybe it's Cobble Beach. Uh, I should have mentioned there. We'll talk to Sammy McKee. He is uh, live and on location in Owen Sound this weekend. We also will talk to our man, Adam Stanley, who is live and on location in Rochester, New York, taking in the playing of this year's PGA Championship at Oak Hills. And first things first, I just, I don't know about all of you out there. I have stumbled so many times on Oak Hills this week. It reminds me of Oakmont. The RBC Canadian Open this year will be played at Oakdale. Uh, obviously, a lot of oaks in the uh, in the world of golf, but I have to constantly remind myself what this place is called, and I have a feeling I'm going to need to uh, need to know the name of it because I because I like the look of this course a lot. Uh, we now have the man in Owen Sound, Sammy McKee. Sammy, how you doing, bud? Oh, not bad, Gunner. How you doing, buddy? I'm uh, feeling pretty guilty this morning. I uh, did a. If anyone's listening that knows me, or anyone that's not listening that doesn't know me. Uh, I forgot my backpack with all my work stuff in it. So I didn't bring my my computer. I didn't bring my microphone, didn't bring my headphones. And also in that bag were my toiletries, my mm. contacts, my toothbrush, every single thing that I needed basically for the entire weekend up and on sound. I completely just, just left it, just up and left it. So I'm calling you over the phone. I'm upset to be doing this on a major weekend, but uh, it's nice to talk to you, Gunnar. Is the weather horrible there too? Because here in on sound, it feels like winter. Yeah, it's uh, it's not great. I wouldn't say it's quite feeling like winter. Now, uh, you know me. I'm basically Kawhi Leonard now. I'm basically garage to garage uh, when I when I drag my butt into studio now. So the most I can give you on what the weather was like outside is that I felt a raindrop uh, when I walked mm. to my car, and it said 15 on my dash when I was driving in. But it's cold. Like there, It's not one of those feels like 15 days. It's a very overcast, a lot of rain, uh, a lot of people who had visions of tea times uh, maybe feeling way less confident about that because uh, the rain seems to have stopped now but it was uh, it was pummeling me on my drive-in can we just talk about the may long weekend in general in, in canada and Go ontario like why like this is such a great golf weekend right like i came up to own sound to play i'm playing three rounds i'm playing later this afternoon i'm playing sunday morning and monday morning with my family with some friends and it's never good weather Mm-hmm. Like people, people try to do whatever they want to do outside. It's the start of summer kind of thing. You know, it's like the first weekend yep. and it's always crappy. Why is that? That's like a, it's like an unwritten Murphy's law rule when it comes to Ontario, at least it's always freezing cold and raining on the May long weekend in Canada and in Ontario. It drives me nuts. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's very much a Murphy's law situation. And uh, you know, this will, this will dovetail into a topic we won't touch on and you do not want to hear my thoughts on, but it's because we just can't have nice things uh, with anything I particularly care about. That's why the weather's we, been great. Yeah, I know, but this is when it's you needed it. To be great. Week. This is when you needed it. Uh, yeah, you're right. Very much a Murphy's law uh, situation. Uh, my understanding is at least Vladdy Guerrero Jr. Uh, will be playing in all the games he's available to this weekend. So we don't have to have uh, any of those problems uh, going forward. Monday, Monday, are we sure? Are you uh, sure he doesn't want to rest that? Me, oh, talking a little bit. I would. Oh God, what a what a tale that would be. Uh, but that's uh, that's a story for a different program. There. Uh, okay, so I don't know where you want to start with this. Your boy, the thick golfer, is back. We got a Canadian with the share of the lead. We've got a new major venue that we're getting acclimatized to. There are many different, in my opinion, lead stories here. You're the producer of the show. Where should we start? I forget that I am the producer of the show sometimes. Um, 
because you've think, outsourced all the descriptions of the pod to me, so you're really just like yeah. producer and name only. Because you just yeah. say like, "Am I going to book Stanley this week?" Yeah, I'm uh, <laughs> basically uh, I'm Paul Beeson. I'm producer. What is the word? I'm producer. Uh, oh, oh uh, emeritus, emeritus. Yeah, emeritus. Yeah, <laughs> emeritus. Yeah. So well, we do uh, have a host emeritus. Like Scott Metcalf is host emeritus on this show. True. Anytime he wants, he could just grab the reins. So it's very fitting that uh, that you'd have that producer credit as well. I think we probably, we probably have to start with the Canadian contingent, right? I think so. We got a guy sharing the lead. We got another two more in the top 10 and Pendy and Svensson. Uh, you got Connors in the final pair. Yeah, I think that's that's where we've we got to start. I mean, I'll, I'll kick us off there. Corey Connors, this is kind of what was promised with him, right? This was always, he was always supposed to be at the lead of the pack. And then it felt like everyone else kind of went back and forth of trading it off. And Taylor would grab a win and Mac Hughes would grab a win and Svensson would have a good week. And it felt like Connors had actually, I wouldn't say be lapped because I still think by talent and by world ranking, he was pretty clearly the best Canadian, but it did feel like he had, he had kind of maybe slipped a little bit down the kind of Canadian pecking order there this is a guy who's always in the mix at the masters really nice to see him do it at another another event and i think that the thing that's most encouraging about it is it's not it's not unexpected i mean the putter is what it is you could say that about a lot of guys in major golf but this is a guy who can stripe it it's a big boy golf course it it makes sense that he's maybe not leading or tied for the lead but it makes sense that he's in the mix no and he this is a massive advantage for him he is an elite all-world ball striker gunner and this is a course where if you can do that, you can contend. And he was rolling in some putts yesterday, but I just thought that he was solid, capital S, solid. You know, he's just, you know, I know he's making birdies, but he's making up and he's getting pars in, he's making good putts. Like, I'm encouraged from what I've seen from him. Like, going into a weekend in a major championship when you're paired with Scotty Scheffler in the final pairing, this is something where we've all been kind of critical of Corey in terms of, can he hold up? Can the putter hold up? That's what they're always concerned with him is like, you know, the putting, if he was even a top 50 putter in the world, he'd probably be a two-time major winner by now. The guy, his putting is a massive issue for him. And if he can keep the putter somewhat warm or somewhat average for the rest of this week with the way he strikes the ball, he's a big-time threat gunner. So I'll, I'll be interested to see how it holds up. Final pair, like I said, with Scotty, Scotty Scheffler going into a weekend. It's a tough spot to be. You know, it's it's tough on the mind. Probably the whole crowd, you think, would be probably rooting for Scotty, although I saw that there was a good Canadian contingent down there. Yep. It's going to be really interesting to see. And you know what? Pendy's not out of it. Stenson, you know, Pendy absolutely pounds the ball. Mm-hmm. He's a great ball striker himself. Stenson, he's been playing great this year. Nice to see Adam Hadwood make the cut. I think he finished plus three. So. Yep. It's really, really interesting for Canadian golf, but specifically uh, Corey Connors. It's going to be so fun to watch this weekend to see how he holds up. Like this is, this has the potential to be a really, really big moment for Canadian golf if he can hold up and even be in the mix on Sunday. It's a really, really big time here for him. I'm, I'm hoping that he holds it together because, man, I'd love to see it. Yeah, we've had little flirtations with it, right? What was it, two U.S. Opens ago? Mac Hughes Mac, was, was right yep. there, right? And then the ball got the stuck. Ball got stuck. <laughs> yeah, the ball got stuck in the tree. Uh, just another thing that I'll never stop thinking about for the rest of my life. And I'm not even Mac Hughes. I can only imagine how he feels uh, about it. Also, just uh, putting this out there, I don't know if you saw it, but Sky Sports put out this great video of basically just like, a little walk and talk on the range with Connors, but it wasn't on the range. It just had him lashing five woods 
out of the thick rough uh, in a practice round. So uh, that that's just right up my alley. So if you want to go uh, check that out, you should you should do that. I got to see that. Yeah. He is pure with a capital P, man. Like the way he's striking the ball right now. You know, as our boy Zinger would say, it's straighter and train smoke yeah, better. Was, oh, God, I love Zinger. He's so good. Uh, just <laughs> So the other part about it, looking at the leaderboard is, and again, like, you know, everything we said about Corey Connors is true, but if you're Scotty Scheffler, you got to be licking your chops looking looking at this board, you think, right? Because you, you, and again, like, I don't think Connors is going to necessarily melt, but that's entirely in the cards. We've seen this movie from Victor Hovland before. You got Bryson and Brooks, who, you know, Bryson's a little out of the wilderness. We could talk about him here. Uh, Kepka has a little bit of a track record there, but there's just, there is not the horse that looks like they're going to come chase you down unless Bryson is is all of a sudden back. Like, if you're Scheffler, weird thing to say about a guy who is who is tied with two other golfers and there are major winners just two shots back, but I feel like he's got to feel like he is in an awesome position heading into this weekend, just based on who's behind him. Yeah. I think you're, that's a really great point cutter just because he has the major championship rep of winning at the masters. He's been in the mix at so many of these. He's won so many non-majors, uh, even this season. I, I really do think that, you know, I haven't looked at the books this morning, but he has to be a prohibitive favorite heading into this weekend. Yeah, plus 160 is what I see in front yeah, of me right that's, now. <laughs> I mean, that, if you make that bet, you are a dumb person. That is a horrible <laughs> bet. Like, wait for him to make a couple of bogeys, then maybe jump on that. Yeah. That's just an insane number. But that just shows you what they're thinking about him. Like, you nailed it. I think a lot of the guys around him are prone to not, you know, coming through in the clutch and he has shown that he can do it. I am fascinated by, you know, I think I'm just fascinated in general leaderboard gunner. Yeah. Like it's such an interesting mix of guys at the top here. Like having, you mentioned Bryson there and you know, my thoughts on Bryson, I was a big fan of his game. I was a big fan of everything that he, you know, the, the one length irons that I use now, I just sort of the thought process that he has between the game, how far he hits the ball. I, I loved everything about his game. But then he just disappeared. He was gone off the face of the earth. Like he was hurt. Then he went to live. He was, you know, not contending on live. Like I am in a golf pool with, you know, I think 15 or 16 guys where you pick a bunch of different players. I always used to pick Bryson. The thought didn't even cross my mind, Gunner, to pick Bryson. Like I was never even like, you know what? Maybe I'll take a shot on Bryson. I never even considered it. And here he is. And he looks pretty good. Like he's still pounding the ball. His, you know, his putting is still looks really weird, but like I've been, I've been impressed with what I've seen from him. I am really fascinated by this leaderboard, but I can see what you're saying. That Scheffler, you know, he, and we can talk about what he said before the Masters and what he was talking to about his wife. <laughs> he really looks like he should win it, and that might play into him feeling pressure too, right? It can go the other way. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. The Bryson thing is is wild. I mean, I'm going to talk to Stanley here in the in the back half of the show. I had him on the morning show here here in Toronto on Thursday morning, and me and him talked about him like he was deceased. Forget not going to compete. We just talked about him like, wow, what a life he led. What a crazy character. We were talking about him like he was old Tom Morris. And uh, lo and behold, here he is. Here he is, uh, T4. Uh, we have to talk about it. This is going to be... I think one of the most uh, there will be one or two actual funny moments that come out of it. But one of the most irritating parts of uh, golf Twitter and watching this all today is that Bryson and Brooks are, are paired up. This is like the thing we always wanted forever. Uh, and I could not want not, uh, something less. Uh, what do you make of the fact that they're actually paired up? Anything to you? Well, I mean, if this was 2019, maybe yeah. it'd be exciting. <laughs> right? Like, 
they've been on live together for a year and a half. Like I like I'm pretty sure they're fine. Yeah. Okay, they probably they're probably not like the biggest fans of each other, obviously. Like we know what happened in that interview where he rolled his eyes so hard they almost went out the back of his head, but like do you really what, what do you think is going to happen? Nothing. There's two guys are going to play golf. Yep. Like literally nothing is going to happen at all. So I mean that would be my final thoughts on it like I think it's super compelling to have those two guys in the mix on their own. Like, I'm really impressed with what I've seen from Brooks. I didn't expect this from Brooks. Like, we talked about yep, same. I think last week, or we talked about maybe with Russick when we were on yeah. Calgary, that I just don't – I didn't think that the Kepka could follow up his performance at the Masters because, you know, he's just so familiar with that course. He plays so well at Augusta. And this, as we've seen so far – is a completely different test than Augusta. Like this is a grind of a golf course with thick rough and long par fours, whatever. And I've just been impressed from what I've seen from him to be in the mix. How many guys are even under par? Yeah. Six, it's, seven? It's, yeah, it is. Uh, it's, it's uh, 10 guys. Yeah. 10 guys under par. Ten guys. That's yeah. It. So like to be one of the 10 guys in a big golf tournament that are under par is incredibly impressive. And to have two live guys there, I'm, I'm surprised by this. I was not anticipating them doing as well. Well, I guess those two guys doing as well as they are at Oak Hill. So I guess the thing about this is how many, and we'll see how the weekend goes. Obviously, the weekend can change your opinion on this one way or another. And I don't know how I feel about it is how many more of these, and Bryson I think is a little bit different because he felt more truly lost and you had the moment with Brooks at the Masters. Let's say he has another solid weekend and he doesn't win, but it's another top five. Are you already all the way back to, okay, it's major season, which means it's Brooks season. Like, is that all you need to see is a couple of these in a row? Like, what would what would a solid weekend where he doesn't win do for your expectations for him heading into the U.S. Open? I think I think they would, you know, I would be more inclined to put a couple bucks on Brooks. Yeah. I think I think I'm closer to, you know, believing in major championship Brooks again. Like cuz we've talked about it like I said just before that, you know, I was just thought that he was good at Augusta like he always is and heading into these other, you know, behemoth golf courses where it's going to be way different conditions and harder conditions frankly. I thought that it was going to be a completely different thing, different test because you're not playing that sort of kind of golf on live. But man, he he's proved it so far. And if he you know contends, finishes top five, you know is in the mix, potentially makes it to a to a final pairing on Sunday or something. You have to take him seriously, no? Yeah, no, totally. I'm I'm with you there. Uh, I don't know what you've thought about the major venue. This isn't a new one. We remember Duffner winning here, but there's been so many changes since all then. Uh, always fun when it's like you know, much like we love a new golfer injecting themselves onto the scene. I love a new major venue uh, do, doing the same. It just looks like a massive ballpark. Normally, the thick rough is something I roll my eyes at, but I feel like they have enough of the kind of tight lie runoff areas as well. Like there was the one par three that they changed or they removed the pond to make it a super nippy chipping area off to the right. I love the drivable par four that it's not nothing but fairway leading up. There is a massive wall of rough. So you got to get it there if you want to get it there. I don't know about your impressions of it, but I've really liked uh, Oak Hills as a venue. I'm I'm happy they uh, they have mixed it in for us here. Yeah, I, you know, I the, the close there is stupid hard, right? That 17th is insane. Yeah. But the one that I keep coming back to, and they've been talking a bunch in the broadcast, is that sixth hole. Like, I get being hard, right? Like, I know it's a major championship venue, but over 500 yards, the kid, like, 
it's a powerful. Like, that's just a, <laughs> don't, you think, don't you think it's a little much? Yeah, it is for sure. It's a it is a it is a tough track and uh, or a tough hole. And just pulling it up because I wanted to have the aerial in front of me. As I Google Oak Hills six hole, our boy John McCarthy, uh, he just has a piece in the Sun titled "Hole Number Six at Oak Hill Where Good Rounds Go to Die." So yeah, exactly, uh, exactly what you were saying there. Well, I, I loved I loved the way they were, they were talking about it on the broadcast, where uh, you know guys were bogeying it and they'd be like, "Oh, what a par!" Right? Like, yeah. Like if you make a bogey there, you're not giving back strokes to the field. Like people are like, "Oh my god, I made it out there with a five. Like thank God." It's so hard. Like I I I don't know. I don't remember watching a golf tournament gunner and having it like a hole being that hard. Like I guess you think of five at Augusta, right, yeah. as a real tough one, or you think of eleven at Augusta as a really hard one. Fifteen now. Yeah, you think of I'm trying to think of other major championship venues where postage stamp at Troon, like that's yeah, a part three different, I know, but yeah. I'm trying to think of there's the one at Pebble that's stupid hard. Is it nine at Pebble or yeah. ten at Pebble? There's one at Pebble that's really hard. Like you think of these but like watching every weekend, I can't remember a hole playing that hard. It's insane how I I get that it's a major championship, but like you gotta be fair, right? Yeah, I, I, you and I have this debate all the time. We do it every time Augusta makes any changes. I, I don't have an issue with it one way or another. Like, if I'm going to watch guys get kicked in the mouth and it's going to be fair for the whole field, I don't really have an issue with it. I mean, I see your point. You'd like to see, I guess it's more exciting seeing guys make good shots than struggle to make okay ones. But I, I kind of like the, the variety there of having it be like, okay, yeah, I'm time to steal your medal here because this is going to be, this isn't a hard hole. This is like the hardest hole you'll, you'll ever have to deal with. So I don't really, I don't get too, too worked up about it one way or another. I don't have an issue with it, but I see what you're saying. I, but I do like the idea of there being a, there being a hard hole that is really going to be okay. The round can go completely off the rails here. Uh, so I, I, uh, I kind of like it. Uh, anything else on Bryson uh, before we, before we kind of move on there from you? I mean, what are you expecting from him this weekend? I could see 77, 77. I could see 66, 66. I could be talked into either for him. I don't know if it's going to, and I'll get, I'll get out in front of this. I don't know if it's going to be the live thing that, that undoes him. I think it's going to be the being back in competitive golf and not for four rounds, but just in the thick of it. You know, the, you'll, you'll roll your eyes a little at me saying this, but his, his mass or his major was one of these COVID majors with no fans around. It's just a different element that he's not used to. So I don't know where, what you're expecting from. him. I honestly have no clue. Well, I should, we should have bet on him before the tournament because all the comparisons of this course were to Wingfoot, right? Yeah, we really should have. And it was a big Dumbo move. What was he ninety to one, hundred to one? Probably something like that. Yeah, no, that was not smart. I think he can. I think he can hold in there. He's got the power to do it. And I think that you know, after watching two full days of golf at this at this course, Gunner, being having power is pretty important. And if you look at the guys that are kind of at the top of the leaderboard there. They're guys that absolutely bomb the ball. Hovland, mm-hmm. yep. Kepler's, Honors, the, the Shambo, like Kepka. I know Rosie's a little bit more of a precision guy, but Pendrith. You know, these guys are all bombers. So I think he can stand in there. If he can keep the driver on plane on the earth, which, you know, and sometimes it goes a little squirrely <laughs> for him, as we know, I think I think he can stay in there. I'm I'm expecting him to be floating around this weekend. I really am. I think the the atmosphere surrounding that group will have a massive implication one way or another. I think if it's a pretty 
ho-hum, okay, it's major Sunday, everybody's happy, but if it turns into kind of more of a waste management crowd and there are the Brooksies getting yelled at him, I, I could see a world where that undoes him. But if it just just in terms of the game, I'm with you. I, I think he has the game to do it for sure. So much has happened in golf. I completely forgot about that part of it. Brooksy. Or we'll call him Brooksy. And the tour, the tour had to put out a statement effectively saying that they will uh, they will ban you for life if you call him Brooksy, which is just, uh, we, we have a lot of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not Mr. Society is too soft in 2023. Like, I'm really not that guy. Oh boy, that was a that was a tough look for all involved. Of you're not allowed to call this guy a different name because it's just too hard on him uh, emotionally. All right, uh, a couple of that th- part my take that started that. Yeah, they had Brooks. Yeah, had that's Brooks their guy. Yeah. Were, oh my god, that's incredible. Yeah, like they could call you like a lot of worse things than Brooksy. I I I'd venture to believe he has been called a lot a lot worse <laughs> things than than Brooksy. Probably probably to his face. Yeah. So uh, it yeah. always uh, always fun there. All right, couple other things uh, I I wanted to touch on. I don't know. I'll, I'll let you kind of dealer's choice here. I got three more I wanted to hit on. Right. McElroy's up and down start. The big boys who had rough weeks, so Finau, Spieth, JT, Xander, Rom, all made it to the weekend, but barely. And then I don't know if you want to talk about Tom Kim taking a mud bath in the middle of his okay. round. I don't know if you saw well, that. I would like just to say I love the mud bath. Yes. I'm dying at the mud bath. Hilarious. And the fact that he knew he was a meme yeah. when he was talking to people afterwards. Like, the mud bath is so funny and it's it's a meme in one of my what in one of my group chats now with the boys somebody sent it like looking at my golf pool this weekend and it's just him you know just covered in mud. It's, like, it's a great meme i i love the mud meme i'm all in on that so i don't have much more to say on that but tom kim is a superstar in the making and having him be like self-aware and like have be able to have a laugh about it is super important Love me some muddy Tom Kim. Our our sweet uh, President's Cup prince uh, is what is what I yeah. will refer to him from now on. I was already in the tank for him when he just kind of put the internationals on his back and was like, don't worry, no Cam Smith, no problem. I, I got this, boys. Uh, the fact that he was so good-natured about it. And you want to talk about cold. Can you imagine how it must have felt taking Whoa. a dunk in the creek uh, that, that he Whoa. did there? Coldest, coldest a human's ever been on a golf course. Yeah. Other, other than that time, uh, you and our buddy Eric Prime got caught in a torrential downstorm. Uh, okay. Uh, in terms of the uh, the other ones, I wanted to touch on big boys, rough weekends. Finau, Spieth, JT, Xander, Rom. I won't ask you who's the least surprising of that group because I know you're actually shocked Xander was able to make it to the weekend. Uh, but of that group, I think the one I'm most surprised by was Finau. You know, JT, there was a little buzz heading into him, but he's had such an up and down year. Finau had the win. He just seemed to be really kind of in a good place mojo-wise and with his game. Out of that group, I mean, Rom as well obviously goes without saying, but yeah, it's Rom and Finau for me that surprised me the most. The other guys I, I kind of could have seen either or coming. Yeah, I mean, Ron is so sick at golf. What did he shoot? What did he shoot on Thursday? Is he like 76, 77? Yeah, let me pull it up here. And then he just comes back and shoots a 68 and makes the cut and like is so far from out of this gunner. Yeah, 76, like, 68. <laughs> yeah, like that's, you know, to have the mental ability to just shrug off shooting a 76 and being that far back, like that's what makes these guys so elite. Is just be able to go out the next day and be like completely forget that. Like it's all relative, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like him shooting a seventy six is like me probably shooting a ninety one. Like he's just like, oh my god. Oh, did that, go did that happen there? recently? Oh yeah, it happened yesterday. <laughs> I, I, well, yeah, that's, I'm burying the lead here. I suck at golf now, but um, I I think like you know the, what's the leader at five? Five, yeah. I, Rom is not out of this. 
Like I, mm. I, you know, it's moving day to day. If he gets up to, like, if he goes out there and shoots another 68, gets it to even, gets it to minus one, Scotty Scheffler comes back a little bit. Like, I would not, if you are a gambling person, or, you know, who, none of it, neither of us would ever do anything like that. <laughs> they might go take a look at the number on John Rahm right now. Just have a look. I wouldn't put, uh, your, you know, wouldn't put the house on it, but a couple shekels wouldn't hurt. Maybe okay. you could uh, make a little comeback this weekend. Yeah, uh, I like that you're trying to talk yourself into John Rahm's going to win the career Grand Slam this year that it's happening. I'm not saying that's oh, I impossible. I even said that. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not saying that can't happen, but I'm saying it's not going to. John Rahm has the game that if, if, if all the cards align and he is able to go out and post a number and pretty much every big boy to a man stubs their toe, comes back to earth a little bit, and it's within two or three heading into the final round, 1,000%. It's just you need a lot of guys to stub their toe. And look, we talked about it Bryson Brooks uh, you know God love Corey Connors and Victor Hovland but they could easily do it it's not like it's impossible to happen and then again uh, I like to mention this more than anyone else Scotty Scheffler he is always dying to give these things away because he was For crying sure. and shaking in the kitchen the morning of the Masters telling his wife that he couldn't do it uh, and is, he managed he's to a, like the least killer killer we've ever had <laughs> he might like everyone everyone talks like he's this like steely guy that's like puts it away and he has but he's also super shaky at the same time. Like it's very like, it's kind of awesome to have him like this because it's a little bit unpredictable. Very unpredictable. He can go into absolute killer mode where like, but if he has a, he has to have a couple stroke lead to kind of go into that mode. It's a very, he's a very interesting guy to follow in God. I just love having him in the final pairing because he is the best to watch play golf. He is so interesting the way he swings it, the way he shapes the ball. I I love watching Scotty Scheffler play. I know he's, about as interesting as uh, this plant I'm looking at at my parents' house, but like, <laughs> so fun to watch play golf. I don't know that that plant might have like, a, like might uh, have like a leaf on it or something. That could actually be interesting. I don't know. That sounds too exciting. They have, green, they have a green thumb boy, and they they got plants. Yeah, like so they, that's too exciting for Scheffler. If you're looking yeah. at some white bread, uh, then then yes, you better believe uh, that that's him there. And uh, yeah, I've uh, you you know I'm I'm coaching up my young son. He's got the Scheffler feet going. We're we're trying to keep Love a little. It. Yeah, so uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. Connor, Sammy, anything I, else? Yeah. I, I know I got to go, but I got to give, I did this yesterday on Real Kipper and Born, but it's more golf related here. I got to give a shout out to our close personal friend, Gord Selleck, one of the greatest guys in the world. Agreed. Uh, we both worked with him very closely over the past four or five years. Honestly, one of the nicest guys in the world. I was in the, I was in the newsroom at Sportsnet on Thursday afternoon. He said, Oh, Sammy, you're a lefty. He's like, I didn't know you're a lefty. He's like, I got this putter. Uh, I wanted a golf, a Leafs alumni event. I'll bring it in for you tomorrow. I text him to remind him to bring it in. He brings it in. It's a brand new Scotty Cameron putter. And Gord Stalick gives me the Scotty Cameron. He says, here you go. I'm glad it's going to somebody who's going to appreciate it and use it. And he gave me the Scotty Cameron. So I, I don't even really know what to say. It's one of the nicest gestures anyone's ever had for me. So, uh, yeah, there you go. That's a not, our man, not taking Stelic. not taking an ounce away from Stellick and the nice man that he is. That is also just a like I've been in power circles for a long time and I can just give away a Scotty Cameron like yes. that. What an no awesome question. move uh, by him. You text me that I uh, I was floored. Uh, we love Stellick. Uh, we love the Leafs. We'll leave that alone for now. And we love doing the golf show. Sammy, uh, have fun in the sound. Hit him straight. Uh, hopefully, Amac uh, Amac takes you by a couple of strokes today. I know you don't yeah. want to hear that, but I want to hear it. 
All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. There, there he goes. Sammy McKee, uh, correspondent from, from Owen Sound, northern Ontario, or at least uh, north of Toronto, golf correspondent for us. We're going to head a little more south to Rochester, New York. My man, Adam Stanley, is on the scene. I'm going to ask him if he has found the Tom Kim mud pit. I'm going to ask him what's going on with Corey Connors. And we'll set the scene for the weekend. It's moving day at the PGA Championship. Keep on listening. It's the Golf Show on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. The best Blue Jays show out there, period. Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Golf show. Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Check it out wherever you get your pods, including... Right now, if you're listening via podcast, joined by my bud Sam McKee in the first segment of the show. He's uh, on a little vacay this weekend. I don't know, major championship vacay? Interesting. Uh, no, he's up in the sound. He called in, and we're going to talk to somebody on scene in Rochester in just a second here. Our man Adam Stanley is uh, is on location. But just letting you know where we sit as we get started in the third round here Scotty Scheffler, Corey Connors, and Victor Hovland share a two-shot lead. Connors and Scheffler, they are the last group out at 250 today. We love, love, love a Canadian in the final pair of a major. It's been a long time since it's happened. Uh, Actually, I recall correctly if uh, Justin Ray, who is the stats whiz for all things golf, said the last time this happened in a major on a Saturday, pretty good major, 2003 Masters. Mike, we're winning. Uh, We now bring in a guy who I'm sure has very fond memories of of that that Masters win and will have fond memories of this PGA Championship because he's there on the scene. My pal and yours, Adam Stanley. Stanley, how's it going, bud? Good, good. Very good morning. The Canadians, they're not teeing off until the hour or two, so I really don't know what I'm supposed to do with myself all morning long, Saturday at a major, until we get to the middle of the afternoon, but uh, it's a good problem to have for I sure. Think, uh, I think a Tom Kim mud bath is, is in order. <laughs> That's the hot spa treatment in Rochester. I, my, I, my understanding is the best date night you could offer anybody in Rochester is Tom Kim mud bath followed by garbage plate for dinner, true or false? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, sure. If that's uh, if that's what hits uh, here in Rochester, uh, I think that's exactly you, what you haven't like. you haven't subjected yourself to one, have you? A garbage I, plate? a garbage plate? No, but no. it just seems to be almost one of these like glutton for punishment kind yes, of situations so. where the people who are doing it this week are kind of like, oh, I gotta I gotta try one, gotta, gotta have it. one, just gotta, gotta gotta see what it's about. But I'm a little bit outside of the like downtown core okay. where the like actual. Rochester uh, garbage plate hero plate actually exists. So uh, I'm not too sure how much um, uh, the the microtel by Wyndham in, in uh, Monroe <laughs> County, about 20 minutes outside of the city, actually has to offer re garbage plates. But uh, we'll see as the weekend goes on. All right, we shall see. Uh, let's let's not bury the lead. A Canadian will tee off in the final round of a of a major. We always love that. Uh, Corey Connors. You know, I don't think. I won't say nobody's surprised because, you know, this is not a guy who, when you're picking who will be in the final pair heading into a weekend that he comes to first of mine. But when you look at his game, yeah, I guess we shouldn't be too surprised. It is a big, big ballpark that requires a big burly man who can hit it well. And boy, that sounds a lot like Corey Connors to me, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah. And I think the, you and I have talked, you know, ad nauseum about when Corey Connors gets in the mix there, there's a singular reason 
for that. And, and this guy is, you know, the ball striking king, but the putting has held him back. I mean, he's 134th on the PGA Tour in strokes game putting this year, and yet this week he's fifth. So it's an obvious uh, effort that he's been putting in on the putting green that has totally changed, you know, his results. This is a guy who finished in the top 10 at the Wells Fargo a couple weeks ago, Quail Hollow, a big burly venue, a major championship venue, had the President's Cup there last uh, last fall. And now here we are at another major championship venue where Corey Connors is playing good golf because he's putting it really, really well. You know, he's just ball striking his way around this place. That should come as no surprise. Uh, even if he gets in trouble, he's having some nice scrambling efforts. But, I mean, this guy missed, and I wrote about this in my story yesterday, he, he missed a six-footer for birdie. He missed a seven-footer for birdie, and he missed an eight-footer for birdie uh, throughout his round on Friday. So, yes, he's tied for the lead. Yes, he's playing extremely well, and yes, he's putting well, too. But uh, he could be he could be much deeper than just five under, and I think that that's got to be really, really good for his confidence heading into the weekend. Ah, it's the old Tiger Woods. It's like the 68's the worst he could have shot out there. Yeah. I mean, man, he had some he had some huge par saves as well. And, you know, I think sometimes we get so bogged down in, you know, a big eagle and how it can swing around or a couple of birds in a row. But we know, especially just looking at the way the, the leaderboard is shaking out in terms of where guys sit, that's what's going to win this tournament for people, right? Is, yeah, somebody's going to make a big bird that we'll all remember on the weekend, but it feels like it's going to be a, a story of par saves. And I, I just say that just because of where where the number is at, at, at five under you're not going to be able to go run away and win this thing strictly playing offense it feels like there's going to be a lot of defense for for whoever's involved here yeah and i think that um some of those clutch par saves are going to be just as dramatic as you know maybe a big birdie or, or an eagle in some other uh, events that you do have week to week on, on the pga tour and and i think that that from a sort of mental hurdle perspective is a big one for a lot of these guys just to know that, you know, if I make a bogey, it's not the end of the world because this is not a putting contest this week. This is not a shootout. You know, this is just the the ultimate test of survival. And, and this is something we usually say about U.S. Opens, but, mm-hmm. but Oak Hill is certainly set up uh, in that manner. And, and just if you do make a bogey, like take uh, number six, for example, here at Oak Hill, yeah. that hole played almost a full stroke over par on average yesterday. It's a par four. It played to like 4.8, maybe even 4.9 strokes on average. So you're if you're going through that hole and Corey made a par there, he had a putt for birdie, you're gaining at least a half shot uh, on the field by just making par on a hole like that. And, and there's probably a handful of those uh, at Oak Hill, just the way that it's been set up. So um, yeah, T to green, Corey Connors is obviously and always has been super solid. The putting has been the big difference for him so far this week. And, um, you know, now it's just a matter of keeping it rolling and, and embracing the position that he's found himself in, because of course the two guys that he's tied with Victor Hovland and world number two, Scotty Scheffler have kind of been there, done that, especially in the case of Scheffler. Um, and there's our boy, Corey Connors right there in the mix. Yeah, it's a, it is it is awesome to see. The members must be loving that. The whole playing a full stroke over. Maybe should have just played it as a par 5 like we do. You think you're so good out there PGA Tour. I can imagine there's a few people uh taking some mental victory laps uh, at at the very least there. Uh in terms of other big storylines, uh I'm shocked again. You and I talked about this guy like he was deceased on the Fan Morning Show Thursday morning. Bryson DeChambeau back from the dead, 66 in round one, 71 in, in round two. Uh, just, I, I guess I'll posit it to you this way. How shocked are you that this is where we are? Pretty shocked. Yes. We did talk about this a couple of days ago and we just were like, man, this guy, this guy's kind of got to go. <laughs> we're we're kind of <laughs> done with it. Certainly I am kind of done with the, with the shtick that is 
that is Bryson DeChambeau. But then you realize, like, I think he's just doing things in a manner in which we're not used to being engaged with. I mean, um, Kevin Van Valkenburg from No Laying Up, uh, you know, wrote a really, really good piece about yeah, that was great. how there, how there's like, yeah, so, so, so there's that. And for obviously the listeners that aren't um, as tuned in, I mean, of course, there's a bunch of kids, you know, there, there's teen, teenagers, preteens who are obsessed with Bryson DeChambeau because they're trending towards, you know, that YouTube golfer style thing. So, you know, all those influencers that have the million followers and et cetera, et cetera, like Bryson to them is, is, is one of them. And I think that there's still like there's a, this engagement with Bryson, the person, uh, with Bryson, the golfer. And yeah, I mean, he was the first to and it should come as no surprise that you and I pre-tournament talked about, you know, Bryson being like, oh, my gosh, where has this guy been? What is he doing? Um, and then after the 66, he was the first to admit, like, yeah, I had a lot of problems. Turned out I was allergic to uh, to dairy, to wheat, to gluten, to all these sorts of things. I was Common totally sense? doing the wrong thing. No, yeah, okay, that's just me. Sorry. My- <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was doing the wrong thing to my body on all all fronts, and now he's kind of – found a bit of an equilibrium with respect to working out and to diet. And, um, you know, he had that wrist injury and he had surgery on that. He's come back from that. His father passed away. So he's going through that. So yeah, there was plenty of reasons for us pre-tournament to be like, man, this guy's nowhere to be found. And it makes total sense. Um, but then, you know, he comes back and he plays well and he admits, you know, the laundry list of things that he was going through. Uh, and then you realize that he'd come out on the other side and you think, Oh, okay. He's in the mix. It's fine. We get it. Yeah, I think I think what it all boils down to for me, what I expect for him today is just how how much of a cauldron is it around him? It's not just that he's finally in the mix at a major again. And again, I, I think sometimes people are too quick to put an asterisk on these things. But let's not forget the one major he did win was without fans or at least a lot of them in attendance at Wingfoot. And I'm really curious to see how he responds to it today. Uh, the fact that he's paired up with Kepka, I don't know how yeah, much Brooksy stuff we'll hear, all of that. I think... I'm going to know a lot about Bryson and how I expect him to fare this weekend. Just kind of going off of body language, forget how he plays the first couple of holes of this. I want to see how he responds to that. What do you expect from the crowd and how much do you think that that can kind of impact Bryson one way or another? Yeah. I mean, this isn't like the feisty New York city crowd that we would see at like best page black. This is, you know, Western New York, Rochester crowd. They're, they're not New York city people. They're, they're Western New Yorkers. They're very proud. They're blue collar. There's, you know, there's a, a, a long list of, of, um, of things that you can describe these people as, and certainly being New Yorkers isn't exactly one of them. So I, I don't think that we're going to see the, the, the juice maybe that we would have seen, you know, if this was a Beth Page Black or, or, or another golf course that was closer to New York City proper. But what we will see is, is a, a group of intelligent golf fans who absolutely, one million percent, know that Bryson DeChambeau being paid with, paired with Brooks Kepka is something what that something may be uh, certainly remains to be seen and as the as the round goes on but you're absolutely right you know bryson kind of being uh, being under fire if you will being kind of firmly in the spot where i don't know if the crowd is going to be on his side if they're going to be on brooks's side if they're just going to be enjoying the the drama that's going to unfold uh, in front of them they, they do seem to have gotten over whatever the the bad blood was you know a couple years ago since they both gotten to live and they they did their thing and they hashed it out and whatever um 
but people don't forget. Yeah. <laughs> like there's still gonna be, there's still gonna be something that ends up uh, unfolding today, and what that something is it could either be you know super exciting for us to watch, or maybe impactful for the two of them as, as they're both trying to chase uh, chase a major. But um, yeah, through two rounds, I am incredibly surprised that uh, Bryson DeChambeau is right there. I'm not surprised at all that Brooks Kepka is there though. Yeah, I'm a little more surprised about Kepka, and I was just talking about this with McKee in in the first block. But if he gets through this weekend, looking the way he's looked, that's all I need to see. I'm all the way back into okay, it's a major time, and Brooks is probably going to be in the mix here. Uh, this was always his mo of not needing it. He was the guy who now obviously the full swing documentary and all his comments he made in there. I think I think wondered or gave a lot of people questions rightfully so about where he was. But I think with Kepka is that of all the live guys, he was the guy who was kind of least concerned about losing those competitive reps because he didn't want them to begin with. You heard everything he said about playing a quote unquote regular PGA tour tournament when he was here. So I wasn't expecting this, but I'm kind of already so long as it doesn't blow up this weekend, I'm, I'm already back into, okay, what are his odds for a top 10 at the U S open? Cause I would like to see those. It's amazing how quick he's been able to suck me back in. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Auto, everything you just said um, is entirely accurate. And I think the fascinating thing, the huge question mark, certainly from someone like me that, that follows the game uh, intently, is that Brooks has not really changed when he, uh, with respect to the, being the guy who didn't really get up for regular PGA Tour events. Kind of the same deal with Liv, except he's getting paid a buttload more money mm-hmm. um, to not really care, <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which is, I guess, uh, you know, kudos to you. But we've seen two major championships since he's moved to Liv, um, and he's become fully healthy again. And he was in the final group on Sunday at the Masters, finished second there. Uh, and, of course, he's kind of chipping away, chipping away, um, shot four under par at the PGA Championship to get uh, back into the conversation through 36 holes, only a couple shots back. And, again, you know, this is a guy that we, we spoke about pre-tournament, and it was like, yeah, this golf course is absolutely built for major championship Brooks Kepka. This is not a surprise in the, in the slightest. You know, he – he hits it a long way. He, uh, he's got a lot of upper body strength that can move it through the rough. He's proven that he can win at U.S. Open venues and PGA Championship venues. Um, and, and I think he's just kind of going, going through the motions a little bit for rounds one and two. But, um, you know, I, w- I would put the over-under on, on Brooks Kepka shooting a, a 67 today and maybe even pounding the under. Um, you know, the elements aren't going to matter uh, to him all that much. And, and I think if he gets to five under at the end of this day, I do think that five – is going to probably be the the leading score uh, again heading into the final round, just because the conditions today are supposed to be really really poor, uh, and it's going to be a grind out there. I can see someone uh, who is farther back maybe making a climb because they're going to be done and, and out of this a little bit earlier, uh, and then the guys like Scotty and Corey, and maybe one of them will get to six under, but but still, it's not going to be one of these days where where we see somebody near near the top of the board uh, put up a three or four under par and, and get off to the races. For Sunday, it's, it's going to be a tight board, which should make for uh, an exciting finale. Yeah, that's what we like to see. There's, uh, you know, we all love majors, but there are a few feelings worse than a big time horse at the top with a two or three stroke lead and they're going and it's gettable conditions and you're just watching the tournament descend into no longer being a tournament for first place. And yeah, the fact that we likely won't get that this weekend, uh, really, really encouraging. Uh, Taylor Pendrith and Adam Svensson, the other two Canadians in the top 10 outside of Connors. I think people, for the most part, have a pretty good 
good handle on Pendrith's game. Uh, he is big and he hits it big. Adam Svensson, I think people are a little less sure. He's got the great uh, Twitter and IG handle, Svenny Baby. Uh, but other than that, I don't know that we know so much about him. Well, what should we know about Svensson in his game? I would say that Adam Svensson, depending on who you ask, he probably has the nicest technical swing of any Canadian on the PGA Tour. And you could probably put his action up against almost anyone period. Ooh. And you would say like this, this checks like every single box. And Svenny has never been one to overcomplicate anything. He has a short game coach and his dad is his coach and that's it. And it's always been that way. He was on golf Canada's national team for a bunch of years. So he worked himself through that program. Um, you know, Svenny has had kind of a unique journey to the PGA tour. Winning was always so easy for him. A hundred plus wins, you know, as a junior and amateur in, in BC uh, school record number of wins at Barry university NCAA division two. I think he won like seven times in a season and nine times overall uh, got on the corn Ferry tour, won out there, got on the PGA tour, easy peasy. Then he lost his PGA tour card and he changed his entire approach to being a professional golfer as job. He, he quit drinking. He, uh, you know, just stopped. Not that that was a problem, but he just fully decided like, I'm not going to do this. You know, I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to go to work. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go to the golf course at eight. I'm going to be there till six. And that's going to be my life. And I think that that losing the PGA tour card, the first time in his life that golf was not easy, you know, inspired him to realize that, man, I got to, I got to treat this as work. I have to treat this as a job. And ever since then, he's, he's been playing extremely well, re-earned the PGA tour card. Uh, and then of course he, uh, he won finally for the breakthrough uh, last year. And, and, you know, pre-tournament again, this was the kind of guy that I said, could go either way. Um, his first major championship ever was the Masters just six weeks ago, and, and now he's back for a second major. And um, he told me yesterday that he's feeling way more comfortable on a stage like this, and he loves hard golf courses. He would rather play, you know, a difficult golf course any day of the week than, than the putting contest that we see week in and week out on the PGA Tour. So the fact that he is not overcomplicating the situation he's found himself in, he's loving uh, the difficult golf course. And the fact that his action is so reliable, you know, add that all up and, and he's right there, you know, at even par, not doing anything overly spectacular, but also not making uh, any mistakes either. We love nice action. Uh, we are up against it and we do have to let you go because you've been great with your time. But just in case he happens to go off this weekend and win the thing, I feel like I should probably ask you what you're expecting from Roy McElroy. Three over on his front nine to start the tournament, three under since even tied for 10th. What are we thinking, Stanley? <laughs> just when you think we're out, I know. he pulls me back in. <laughs> um, quickly on Rory, you know, this is a guy, 15th PGA Championship. He tried X, he tried Y, he tried A, he tried B, he tried C. And he just said yesterday, I'm just going to tee it up and I'm going to hit it as far as I can and we're going to see what happens. And that just made me melt. Mm. I think he's just going to, he, he had a plan. It wasn't really working. He tried something different. It wasn't really working. And he's just decided he's going to put it, put it on a tee. He's going to fire it off. And he's going to find it, and he's going to try to see what happens after that. He was super sick to start the week. He was way under the weather. Uh, seems to have had a lot more rest, a lot more hydration. Seems to be feeling uh, a lot better. And who knows, he might be, get carried across the finish line uh, by this local Rochester crowd <laughs> since his wife is from there. But I will say, Rory, today Rory's either going to go way, way up or way, way down. But I cannot wait for the ride, Gunner. I'm excited. <laughs> Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. 140 Eastern. Uh, you'll be on the scene. I'll be on my couch. Uh, thanks so much, Stanley. Always, always love getting you on. Thanks for taking the time.
Thanks, man. Always happy to. There he goes. Adam Stanley, golf content beast. You can check out all his work on sportsnet.ca this week. He's given great IG rundowns after the round. Uh, whatever you want content-wise, Adam Stanley has got you covered. So quickly, uh, just looking at things in terms of a pick for this weekend, uh, talking about some guys with some value. Uh, Corey Connors is plus 650. It's tough uh, here. You'd like to you'd like to see him uh, stub his toe and maybe think he'll come back to earth a, a little bit. Uh, as far as some of the other uh, interesting names in there. Justin Rose is four shots back. He is plus 4,000. Uh, certainly a decent number to get him at there. He's a guy who always finds himself in the mix at these things as of late. Uh, and Rory McIlroy was a guy I jumped on actually yesterday. He is now plus 2,000. So obviously uh, you're paying a little more of a vig there because McIlroy is the public golfer that he is, but uh, there's a reason you're paying it. And it's because he has won these things before. Uh, just quickly, a couple of last final thoughts uh, on Oak Hills. Again, I will say it again. I I love, love, love mixing in new major venues. I know this isn't a new one, but it basically is. They've redone it since we were here last. I know they're going to go to Valhalla. That was obviously a place Rory had awesome memories at. It's my favorite PGA championship memory was him driving it down Phil's throat in the dark, uh, wearing his his little two-tone Nike purple shirt and Rory was able to get the major there. That was the, that was the, you know, gusto Rory chest puffed out, walking tall, feeling great about himself. Uh, golf is a better place. And we see that guy. It's been a while since we've seen it. If, and looking at other things we could see this weekend, you know, if Scheffler rips off another major, see him add to that pile. Uh, we will th- then next week, we will get to play the favorite game with me and Sam McKee of how many majors does this guy finish at? Uh, McKee will certainly give him four or five and I'll say two or three would be a great career. Uh, so that's a little preview for next week's show and Hovland. He's a guy I'm really, really excited to see this weekend. What happens for him? We know chipping is tough, uh, but he's a guy, a lot of people pull for uh, rightfully. So, and let's be honest, we're all looking at that two thirty tea time, Bryson and Brooksy. How will the crowd respond to them? And let's be honest, how will they respond to the crowd? It should be a fun one. PGA championship will wrap up this weekend. Uh, should it be an exciting, finish sammy and myself will wrap it up for you with a reacts pod early next week i hope everybody out there enjoys the long weekend including my man Derek brendeo unlike sam mckee dragging himself in studio to get it done today coming up next on the fam we got matt marchese where i'll be complaining about the leafs so uh, if that's not a tease i don't know what is get the golf show wherever you get your pods on and on sportsnet 590 the fan